Hello, and welcome to The Lucy Lou Show, the fueling station for your mind, business, and life. And now, here's your host, Lucy Lou. Hello, hello, beautiful souls. How are you feeling? I am feeling good, and I'm feeling good naked. Feeling good naked is about so much more than just fitness or nutrition or having clothes on or not. It's a mindset that embraces who you are and what you can become by treating yourself and your body well. Stop the shaming. Stop feeling guilty. Stop feeling inaction because it's time to feel good naked. Today on the show, I have my guest, Chardette Rael, who is a certified behavior change specialist and holistic wellness coach. She helps professional women refocus on their well-being through mindset and habit shifts. She is also the host of the Feel Good Naked podcast for women. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today, what feel good naked really means. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation. Welcome to the show, Charday. Thank you so much for having me, Lucy. Really excited to be here. So Charday, tell us about your podcast, Feel Good Naked Podcast. What is feeling good to you all about? This is my favorite topic. Feeling good naked, just as in the podcast, it's about much more than just looking good naked because, you know, I'm a wellness coach and that's what people typically think when they go to work with someone is, oh, I'm going to look good naked. And that can definitely be a part of it. But feeling good naked goes beyond the external. It's really looking at, and I do this from multiple areas for my specific coaching, but you're looking at how am I nourishing my body so that it operates best for me? It gives me energy. How am I thinking in a way that is not just productive, but also really empowering? How am I structuring my life? And I know this is a, a huge part of what you do, the work you do, but how am I structuring my we- my life in a way that supports my well-being? And that is honestly the whole purpose of, of feeling good is, is those areas. I separate it as food, movement, and mindset, but many people might have other areas that they like to add as well. What got you into your coaching business? Was there a time in life where you did not feel good about yourself? Yes. Most of my teenage years and early 20s, I didn't actually set out to be a coach originally, as I know most of us do not. Uh, I was setting to be a diplomat. And for me, it was so important how I came across, you know, external validation, like the different grades I got, the internships I had, all of that was so important, I thought, to allow me to feel good later. I thought, you know, once I have this career success, I come across a certain way, I have these credentials, then I'm going to feel good. But what I found is that I completely neglected the internal completely neglected my well-being. I was oftentimes so stressed that I would actually feel sick. It would affect the way that my body ran. I was getting ill frequently. And this was all in the process of trying to achieve something that I thought would make me feel good. But in the meantime, I was sacrificing so much. And so I did that for many years. I actually didn't start as a coach until my mid-late 20s because I was pursuing this international business, international diplomacy career. And I finally stopped because I had a breakdown 
where I was in a really toxic work environment. And I was probably making the most money at that time that I ever had in my life. I've had the supposed job I was supposed to have. I was doing something that was supposed to make me feel good, but I just didn't. I didn't find meaning in it. I was neglecting myself. And I had this huge breakdown where I effectively quit that job, didn't know what I was going to do. And I bought a one-way ticket to Brazil, which is my happy place. <laughs> and I thought, I'm just going to figure it out. So that began the journey that has now come around to being a coach today for the last eight years. What really played the biggest role in your transformation to feeling good in Brazil? It was a shift to focusing on myself, not from how I appeared to others, but really on, on myself. So looking at what were the areas in my life that I was most unhappy about and why? What were the things that I was doing that were kind of sabotaging feeling good? And I looked at everything from the way I was eating, from how I was managing stress to the coping mechanisms that I had developed around food and emotional eating. I really had the time to sit and look at that. I couldn't be distracted anymore. I didn't have work to just run to. I was a workaholic, so that wasn't on the table anymore. And I think having that time to focus on those difficult areas was what made the biggest difference. What are some of the most common myths or misconceptions that you see from your clients about wellness? There are so many. (laughs) This could be be five to 10 episodes. I would say, I guess if I were to speak about the most common ones, people are really focused on wellness as it relates to the way that they look. And this is something I touch on again and again, because I don't discount that as important. I know that people want to, you know, feel their strongest, look their strongest, but it's this change of for wellness to really work for you, you have to go from the deeper level. You have to start with what your mindset is around your body. What is it around food and build from there and not just think, well, I don't like my belly. So let me train that. That's a symptom. You know, you don't like your belly. That's a symptom of a bigger issue that you have around your body and around food and maybe even how you're living your life. So I think the biggest thing is to not focus on the superficial as your main goal. You can have that as a goal, but it should be part of a more holistic training or holistic view of wellness. And then I think the second biggest thing is that people think it needs to be difficult. They really think it means that if you're serious about your health, it means that you're eating healthy all the time. You're not having your drinks. You're not having your unhealthy food. Um, You're working out all the time. It doesn't need to be like that. It really just needs to fit into your life in a sustainable way. I have clients who work out less than 20 minutes a day, just a few times a week. It doesn't need to be this huge, overwhelming thing if you can really adopt these ways to schedule it in. And I know that's something that you do with clients too, is schedule the important stuff. That's a big step. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You're talking about me. I only work out (laughs) 10 to 20 minutes, uh, uh, three times a a week. Yeah, it's not a lot, but it's the routine. It's the habits. It's the mindset. Yeah. And that touches on the biggest things. It's the consistency. It's not how much are you doing something? It's how much can you maintain it? Really? Are you able to maintain 20 minutes, 10 minutes? That's great. That's better than doing an hour a few times a week for a couple weeks and then never doing it again. 
I love it. And I know you are all about wellness without the rules. What rules do you think people usually give themselves that actually sabotage their wellness? Oh, yes. Amazing question. So there are, when I say wellness without the rules, it basically is wellness without diet culture. And that involves things like restricting food based on numbers, so calories or macros. It's kind of looking at how are you progressing based on what you weigh or how many inches you've lost versus deeper things like what are your energy levels? What's your strength? How much have you changed since you started? So when I say wellness without the rules, it's learning how to eat in a nourishing way, which does not involve so much restriction. It's a lot more intuitive according to what your body needs. It's moving in a way that feels good for your body and supports you, not just to get you down to you know three dress sizes or whatever your goals are. And it's learning how to monitor your wellness and your well-being without having to ever step on the scale again, if you don't want to. I love that because how much I weigh sure has nothing to do with my energy level. And I know people talk about being the CEO of your life. That's just not about having a company because you are the chief energy officer of your life, right? It's all about our energy level and how we feel and feeling amazing in our body. It's really inner work. Yes, I love the CEO definition you gave too. That is the best, <laughs> the best called chief energy officer. And it really is the case too that I've met, you know, I, I've worked in the fitness industry for many years now. I've been in it before I was a coach. And there are plenty of people that look the way that many women would love to look, but they aren't happy in their bodies. So it's just a key thing to recognize that changing the outside does not necessarily improve the inside. I agree wholeheartedly because you see women of all different shape, size, weight, numbers, or whatsoever, but they're glowing. You just feel their energy. They're so happy and so confident in themselves. It doesn't matter any metric or rules, as you call it, right? Yes, exactly. And it doesn't mean that you can't still, you know, focus on your health and nourish your body. Part of feeling good is. Choosing food that helps you do that, but it's just coming from a point of respect versus a, a point of judgment. Yes. Remove the judgment. That's very important because we all have this little devil inside of our head, right? Judging us, telling us negative things. So watch out for that. So what advice would you give someone who wants to feel even better about themselves? If we're talking about from a wellness standpoint, I think the biggest thing that you can do to start out with is you really want to take small steps, especially if you're doing it on your own. It's so easy to try to take these big, huge leaps. And, and that is very much characteristic of diet culture is like huge transformations in two weeks. You want to get away from that. Again, especially if you're doing it on your own. What I would suggest is look at some of the obsessive behaviors you have around fitness and food, if any, and most women will have something. Look at one and start to see how can I make this a little bit healthier? If you're stepping on the scale every day, can you push it out every three days once a week? If you're someone who is constantly saying this food is bad, I can't have ice cream, it's bad, for instance, how can you stop having that judgment? How can you change your language? Just choose one thing that you feel is obsessive and stops you from feeling good and work on that. Do you have a favorite quote that you go by to make yourself feel good all the time? 
Well, there is one quote that I don't know if it's a accurate one, and it kind of relates tangentially to feeling good. It, it's not a direct relation, but something I always think about is the quote, which is supposedly mentioned by Benjamin Franklin, which is that so many people die after age 25, but they're not buried until 75. And I always think about that all the time, this idea that people have all these aspirations and they take care of themselves so much and really focus on what they want in life. And then they hit their 20s and it's as if you kind of just let it go, but you resign yourself to where you're at. And it doesn't matter what age you are, you don't need to do that. And that is the biggest thing that I always think about, whether it's my well-being or what I want in life. I just think back to, I'm not going to be the one who's buried. (laughs) before my time or whatever doesn't die before my time. It's so important to really live the moments that you have. I love that. So where can we find you at? So I have most of my information. You can find out most things on my website, which is feelgoodnaked.com. And that is naked without the E. And on there, you'll see the podcast. It also has links to my Instagram and all of the different coaching that I do. Yay. Thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. To all the beautiful souls listening, thank you for joining me on this episode of The Lucy Liu Show. When I'm not podcasting, I am coaching high-achieving women in life transitions, getting unstuck, kissing overwhelmed goodbye, and living a more joyful and fulfilled life through strategic goal setting and mindset transformation. It would mean the world to me if you subscribe, rate, or share this with a friend. And don't forget to join me for the next episode. Remember, there is always a way and more blessings are coming your way. For free resources and show notes, head over to lucylucoaching.com. 